Good morning, good morning. I have to be honest, I slept horribly last night, but instead of waking up feeling anxious and frustrated, I woke up feeling grounded and centered and actually really alert. This coffee is helping tenfold, but I had the most impactful therapy session yesterday that I've had in such a long time, and I feel really invigorated by that. It was it was one of those sessions where she asked me a question. Essentially, it was, so what do you think the blocks are around that? And my answer was that I really had no idea um, that I was coming up blank, but, but then I just started to hear myself talk not even really sure the words that were coming out of my mouth. And within minutes, I landed upon the blocks. It was like this huge relief, like searching for that, that one puzzle piece that makes no sense where you're like, that doesn't, that's not going to fit. And then finally putting it into place. So there's so much gratification in that, you know, and I wonder a lot when I'm walking around downtown and just doing my thing, running errands or whatever, how many people go to therapy? And more than that, how many people have stigmas or judgments around their process? Like, do you think most people really admit that they have a therapist? I don't need to tell any of you that there's a stigma around mental health in our society. And frankly, that makes me so incredibly sad, especially when it comes to people who are seeking out help. So I'm just going to lay this out here because I feel like I have to and, well, I want to. <laughs> I'm saying it for myself, but I'm also saying it for any of you who may have some shame around going to therapy. Going to therapy makes you incredibly brave. It also, I think, shows an immense amount of self-respect and self-love. Going to therapy is really no different than talking to one of your closest friends. It's you taking your life into your own hands and committing to a deeper understanding of who you are, who you want to be, and what you'd like to change. Going to therapy does not mean you are unwell. It means you're self-aware. And going to therapy does not mean that you are less than anyone else, that you're broken or damaged. It means that you are drawn to self-discovery. I'm so thankful that I don't have any sort of mental illness that's chronic and that I, and I can't even try to understand what that daily struggle must be like for any of you out there who live through that discomfort every day. But what I can say and what I will say is that there is no shame, zero shame in finding help for whatever it is that you feel called to change. I go to therapy and I'm not broken. I'm just human, just like you. And this whole earth side thing is a real trip. It's hard. So please give yourself a break. If you're feeling extra brave today and you're someone who's been hiding the fact that you go to therapy or that you want to go to therapy, I encourage you to release that shame grip and tell someone. See how it feels. For me, telling you all right now that I go to therapy, it feels like self-ownership and I hope you feel the same. So let's jump into today's episode. I wanted to share a handful of tips that have helped me tremendously over the past year. And as you all know, it was a bumpy ride. It's a little touch and go there with some rock bottom, some anxiety, grief always popping up, but that is just the nature of my life. Grief is not going away until I go away. Um, And I know I'm not in the clear because that's just life, but what's been helpful and has dramatically changed my life is becoming more self-aware getting to know myself on a deeper level, tuning out the noise, and just going inward and actually figuring out what that means. Finding out what's true for me, what I like, 
not just because others like it, what makes me feel good, and what makes me feel off, and learning to not apologize for any of that. I sat with this for a while and ended up choosing five things that made this process feel attainable, and I really hope that they help you too. And the good news, as with most of the tips that I try and share with you guys, they're all things that you can implement right away. So let's jump in. First, I wanted to talk a little bit about self-awareness. You've probably heard the term buzzing around the internet. You definitely hear it come out of my mouth time and time again here and on the blog. And that alongside the word manifestation, simple living and meditation, they're all the rage right now. And I'm actually incredibly thankful for, incredibly thankful for that. This platform, the Calm Collective, it first started as a blog, as a means to hold myself accountable, to let go of urgency and impulsive behaviors and to become more self-aware and just at home within my own mind, body, and soul. And I actually recorded a podcast all about how the Calm Collective started and why it was born. Um, It's just a few episodes back if you have any interest in listening to that. But the fact that the world is catching on and at such a crucial time in history, I might add, is so incredibly gratifying to me. It just, it literally brings chills up and down my spine and I'm here for it. So what is self-awareness exactly? So when someone says that, what does that mean? By definition, I looked this up. Self-awareness is the state or condition of being aware, having knowledge, consciousness. Having self-awareness means that you have a sharp realization of your personality, including your strengths and your weaknesses, your thoughts and your beliefs, your emotions, and your motivations. To me, self-awareness is the true key to happiness and internal freedom. That's a big statement, right? But It's so true, and I wouldn't be able to land on that being true unless I did the work myself. This has become the most gratifying part of my healing journey, plain and simple. Becoming self-aware is the best gift I've ever given to myself, and it's something that you can't undo. You can't unfeel once you've jumped in. And when you practice self-awareness, what you're essentially doing is you're giving yourself permission to really witness your thoughts sans judgment, to recognize them, to give them grace, to honor them, and to just let them guide you instead of burying them under the rug, shutting them off, or just judging yourself for those thoughts. It becomes like the catalyst to taking control of your life once and for all. It actually allows you to go inward and to make changes to create the life that you've always wanted and no doubt deserve. So much like what we were talking about in today's intro when it comes to therapy. Now, the changes that you want to make could include, I don't know, an array of things. Your emotional patterns, bad habits that you want to break, toxic relationships that you want to let go of, partners that you want to call in, ridding yourself of anxiety, maybe manifesting anything that you desire. For me, personally, what I'm working on right now with my therapist is my fear around money and not feeling deserving of abundance and how that actually relates to past relationship patterns that I've held. I would have never known that those two things are so powerfully connected had I not gotten to the root of being self-aware and my therapist, of course. Self-awareness gives you the permission and the freedom to completely surrender to your life to make decisions and changes that are authentic and true for you. So let's talk about the handful of ways that you can start to practice self-awareness right now. First, write it all down. 
all of it. And please don't say, I can't write. I'm not one to journal. I love you. Really, I do. But you know how to hold a pen. You know how to spell. So you absolutely can write. If you want the changes bad enough, start here. And for some, the act of putting everything down onto paper can feel really vulnerable. And I get that. So before I dive into what I'd suggest that you journal about, let me first just say that you can 100% burn the pages once you're done. A journal does not mean by any means that you have to, that it just like has to be this sentimental keepsake, right? First and foremost, it's a tool. Okay, so you have a journal. You're ready. This is where we'll be able to see patterns that show up within our lives and our personalities, where we're able to pinpoint our triggers and our strengths, our weaknesses, and the list goes on. So what you can discover just by journaling is astounding, but you have to be willing to be truthful and transparent with yourself. So this is what I did. Start by asking yourself these five questions every morning or every night for two weeks. What went well today? What didn't go well today? What did I learn today? What could I have done better? How am I feeling in this exact moment? At the end of two weeks, I can guarantee you that you will pick up on patterns, habits, reoccurring thoughts, and triggers that you may not have given much thought to before. Self-awareness has so much to do with knowing yourself fully from the inside out, so this is definitely where we begin. The second thing is to take time to meditate or just sit in silence. I know, I know meditation is not for everyone. I've always been the first to say that it doesn't have to be this traditional idea of meditation to make it count or to even make it impactful. List out different ways that you can meditate that give you that feeling of inner peace. For me, that's usually a good guided meditation of some sort or taking a bath filled with Epsom salts and lots of candles or just sitting up in bed and just being in total silence. Or being near the water. The goal is just to be still with yourself in whatever way feels good, sans distractions. So be aware of what shows up when you're in this state and how you feel afterwards. You know I'm going to say this. Write down any thoughts that occurred. The third thing would be to notice your energy patterns. And okay, so I'll start with the women who are listening. My advice here is to track your cycle. 1,000% do this, and I promise you, you'll be blown away by how much you can lean into each phase of your cycle when you're aware of what's going on with your body. But let me circle back and say that our energy patterns aren't strictly hormone-based, and nothing drives me more crazy than if I'm having an off day and someone goes, "Mm, are you about to start your cycle? I imagine so many females out there nodding your head in agreement. I'm very bored of that narrative. I'm fairly certain that there's also no such question for men out there, so what gives, right? We're human beings and bad days or off days will occur for as long as we're circulating the earth. And while, yes, our cycles can play a part, it's also important that you pay attention to any triggers that could be a common thread towards any mood swings or reoccurring bad days. For me, that absolutely looks like not getting enough sleep, not moving my body, not eating enough throughout the day. being way too attached to technology, not spending any time outside, and spending money mindlessly. Um, My energetics get super wonky even when just like one of those things occurs. And the only reason I know that is through doing the work that I'm sharing with you here today. It's really been a game changer. So the fourth thing that I would recommend is to make a like and dislike list. 
I try and do this quarterly or seasonally to ensure that I'm always being 100% real with myself in the things that I like without being clouded by what everyone else is doing. So I make sure to check in with myself about what it is that I truly like and enjoy and what I don't. This also makes it so much easier to say no thank you to the things that I know that won't serve me and don't really align with me. So some things on my like list that I'll share with you guys are slow mornings with my coffee and a book, kundalini yoga, organizing my living space, it's very therapeutic for me, and writing in the mornings. And on the flip side, some things on my dislike list, staying up super late, Instagram and Facebook, if I'm being totally honest, they are not really my jam, having plans before 11 a.m., and being around super large crowds. So because I've taken the time to get really honest with myself and discover this like and dislike list, I can apply it to my day to ensure that I'm doing my best to live in alignment. So I always make sure to start my day slow. I don't check my phone. I go make my French press and I crawl back into bed with a book for at least an hour. And I make time to do this because I love it. Whether or not you create your own schedule or you work for corporate and you have to be in the office by a certain time, if this is an example that aligns with you, you can absolutely wake up an hour earlier to make this happen. So with some of the things that I dislike, like having plans before 11, I try to stray away from making any commitments until the afternoon when I'm able so that I can get my slow morning in, what I was just talking about. So wake up fully and take care of any personal commitments and dive into my creative process because I'm most creative in the morning before I'm taking on anyone else's energy. And of course, this isn't always possible, but I try to take it into account whenever I can. And the same goes for Instagram and Facebook. I know that they're vital pieces of my businesses, especially within photography, and I'm grateful for the platform, but because I don't feel super high vibrations when I'm on those platforms, I try to make sure that I have a direct reason for checking in. I'm not much of a scroller, and I'll be the first to say that my grandma knows 10 times more than I do with all the Facebook updates with our family and what everyone is up to. But that's just, that's okay with me. The last thing would be to take pause. I know I talk about this all the time, but this one act has been mind-blowing how much it's helped. This can be as small as waiting to hit send on an email until you've read and reread what it is you want to say, saying, let me think about it before committing to plans, not feeling the need to break silence when it occurs, waiting a full day to purchase something that feels impulsive, challenge yourself to not act impulsively. And by taking pause, you're making room for reflection. You're giving yourself the space to really check in with your insides. Does this feel good? Does this embody what I really believe? Will my head hit the pillow in peace tonight? Am I showing up in love? Is this what I really want? Is this the right decision for me, etc.? Self-awareness is truly all about asking yourself questions and waiting for the answer. The key here is to know that you'll feel it when it comes. So instead of tuning into your mind, which can often tell us, you know, what we think we're supposed to want, tune into your chest, to your belly. What does that weight feel like? Is it heavy or is it light? Does it make you feel high vibed or is there discomfort? And the sooner that you realize that your intuition literally guides the way to your authenticity, the more you'll start living your life from a place of alignment. So cheers to being more self-aware, to honoring who it is that you are sans judgment and designing a life around that. And if you love this episode and it feels good for you to do so, I'd be so grateful if you'd take a second just to head over to iTunes and leave a quick 
five-star rating and review, it's a surefire way to help this podcast grow organically and land in the laps of those who need it and to continue being able to bring on inspiring guests for future episodes to come. Lastly, if you're someone who struggles with disorganization or the feeling of overwhelm when it comes to clutter within your home and your life, I'm still offering my free seven-day declutter email challenge. Hundreds of women have joined in, and I'm so excited about the community that's forming around this challenge. So if this is landing well for you and you feel even the slightest bit intrigued, you can click the link in the show notes to find out more and see if it's something that's right for you. Again, it's completely free, and nothing is required other than your email to get going. I'll see you back here next week.